Well, hello. And welcome to Show Some Respect, Tom Whitcomb is talking. It is a pleasure to be here yet again. Show Some Respect, Tom Whitcomb is talking. The only podcast out of the Sydney comedy scene. There are no others. This is the only the only comedian in Sydney doing a podcast. That's your guarantee. Bringing you the crushing lows and the middling middles of what it's like being an amateur comedian in this city that doesn't really get comedy. It is great to be here uh, thanks for tuning in. We have got, as always, a jam-packed episode for you all. In 2023, the sound of Tom Whitcomb taking this podcast seriously. I have notes. Listen to this. That's a book of which half a page has some dot points. That's what something to look forward to. Here's what we got. I've got to tell you about what's happening to me on Facebook Marketplace because that's what you want to hear. That sounds like good content. I have a huge update on the uh, problematic costume segment we talked about the last two weeks, our dear fearless leader, Dominic Perrottet, and his fetish for the early 1940s German culture, and uh, and the fact that some of you listeners might share some of that. I don't know if uh, you guys are aware of the demographic that you were a part of, but statistically more likely to be scum. So I know there are a few of you out there who have some skeletons in your closet in regards to fancy dress outfits, and I've got a plan for what we can do about it. Stick around for that. Um, I've got to talk about those people who dangle off the side of buildings and occasionally die. Do you know those people? Do you know those, every now and then you see an Instagram reel or a TikTok that just makes your palms sweat as uh, some poor Chinese guy dangles from the edge of a skyscraper or takes up a... Sometimes I see them, they go up there with like a... Uh, they go up there with one of those... Um, ho- hoverboards. Apparently, that's a word I say wrong. Hey, do you have words that you say wrong and you and you just overthought? You don't know whether you say them. I have three: ho- hoverboard, hoverboard, hover. I think I say hoverboard, and it's meant to be hoverboard. That's the one. That's one of them. Two: Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. I'm, I've gotten better at most of these. I think I used to say hol- Halloween, Halloween. Uh, number three: auction, auction. Or, I don't know, write in, let me know what uh, words you say wrong uh, in this, the Show Some Respect, Tom is Grammatical podcast. Uh, you know, Nazi costumes and grammar Nazis, that's what we're all about here at uh, S-S-R-T-W-I-T. Um, big into grammar, not big into acronyms. And uh, look, you got, you got to stick around for the end of this one because uh, I, I have some rather... Interesting, interesting news. That is, that's not selling it hard at all. I, Dave Chappelle, as some of you may aware, Dave Chappelle is in the country currently inspecting bathrooms, making sure no one's there who shouldn't be. And uh, if you don't get that reference, uh, I don't know what to tell you. If you don't understand what that would mean about Dave, Dave, Dave Chappelle has some... Uh, controversial opinions about the transgender community. But, hey, don't we all? I mean, let's not lose track of the fact this is a man over the age of 50. Is he over 50? I think he might be younger than that, actually, Dave Chappelle. Um, How old? This is... Jamie, pull that up. How old is Dave Chappelle? Dave Chappelle is 49 years old. It's pretty close. So, um, what does he think about trans people? Exactly what you think he'd think. Um, So, uh, he's been in in Sydney, and he he did a secret gig in Newtown and uh, take into account all the things I just said and think about Newtown 
and I'll let you know how that went. I was not there, but I have heard stories, and it's a pretty it's it's, it's interesting stuff if you're into that. So stick around. Um, for now, though, I'll look what what am I doing? I'm sitting here with a decaf coffee, like a fucking coward. I just you you ordering a decaf coffee. You can just feel the barista judging you, and as he should, because there is a part of me which is like Tom just. Just have a regular coffee and a panic attack like a regular person, okay? I, I did... Sometimes I feel that I have a higher threshold for life than I truly do. Uh, and last week I had two coffees two days in a row uh, and, and then an existential crisis. Uh, a, a, a double, a double uh, soy uh, life-concerning episode um, over the course of the weekend. And uh, for those of you who are blood relatives, don't worry, everything's fine. But it didn't feel that way on Friday. In fact, it felt like the world was ending. So uh, I'm back on the decaf coffees and, uh, you know, I am more calm about the world and more negative about myself every time I order one of these. I'm like, hi, oh, yeah, could I just get a... Uh, could I just get a, a, a decaf coffee and a hug, please? Could I just uh, could I just get a, a decaf flat white and uh, could you, while you're brewing that, just rub me on the back and tell me everything's going to be okay? Because obviously I'm not fit for this world. That's how I feel about it. You think society has gone forward, and perhaps they have and I have not um, because, you know, you, this is even in the world of non-alcoholic beers, which are very of the moment. I don't know if any of you have enjoyed a heaps normal um, or a, I mean, this is what this is what is happening to us all. Non-alcoholic beers and vapes. Just we used to be rightfully ashamed of those things, and now we think they're something to be proud of. It's truly embarrassing. And at least I have the common decency to uh, reflect and uh, shame oneself for such actions. However, does not mean I don't order a decaf coffee and uh, a heaps normal from time to time. And I, I was like, I, I, I bought into it. I bought into the hype, the propaganda. Speaking of Newtown, I bought into the LGBTQIA plus agenda that uh, there is nothing gay about a non-alcoholic beer, and even if there were, what's the matter with that? And then I was with a group of friends, and I was driving, and I said, uh, I'll have a, uh, I'll have a heaps normal, thanks. And instantly someone goes, well, Tom's a puff, and, well, you know, the group laughed, and what can you do? A group including a they, I would like to point out. One of the they's laughed, and uh, just a single they laughed at that. And, you know, if that's if that's what I'm getting to, I said, actually, no, change that. I'll have a double vodka and a DUI, thank you. I'll take the manly option uh, and, uh, and, and a suspended license. That is probably more fitting for a man of my stature. Thank you very much. Did I say double vodka? I meant double scotch. On the rocks? No, thanks. Uh, I, I want. I want. I don't want to enjoy this at all. That's what I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to. A, a, I don't want a drink that's delicious. I want a drink that I deserve, which is is just you know half relief, half punishment. Is really what a spirit is, isn't it? Um, but uh, hey, you know, went, went went for a nice little walk and a pretend coffee. You just gotta. I've been drinking because I, I I've uh, found myself indulging in a, in a couple of beverages on a weeknight, um, if I should be so bold. And I'm trying to cut down, you know, the calories. It's not so good. So I'm trying I'm trying to do less of it. And so you know what I'm doing? I'm drinking kombucha out of a wine glass. I think I should just invite some of my old high school bullies over to let them have their way with me so I can learn this lesson once and for all. 
Um, because so, you just what you got to do when you're trying to get in shape is you gotta you gotta trick your stupid body into thinking it's doing the thing it wants to do, and, and then hope it doesn't have the foresight to go. Wait a minute. How I've been drink I've had four glasses of wine and yet I'm still worried. What's this about? What why is my gut biome flourishing and my personal life not diminishing? It doesn't make any sense. And it's because it's kombucha, not a uh, very light Pinot Noir chilled in the fridge. Um, so that's what I, I do. I, I go for a walk to the cafe and I order my decaf coffee on an app. So I don't have to look at anyone in the eye as I do it. And I wear, it's like, I look like a, a pervert walking out of one of those um, coin-operated uh, porno booths. I'm trench coat and uh, fedora in 30-degree heat because I'm deeply ashamed that I can't handle caffeine. But, uh, you know, went, went for a little bit of a walk. And, uh, you know, there is, there's comedy all around you if you look for it. The world has comedy for those who... who, who can take the Joe Rogan podcast out of their ears for five minutes, which was not me until recently. And uh, walking down classic eastern suburbs, suburban street, we went. We walked down to Bronte this morning. Um, and when I first moved to the eastern suburbs, from I kind of slowly made my way over from the inner west. From I, uh, my first, uh, the first chair house I really liked was in Newtown, and then from Newtown we moved to Erskineville, and from Erskineville we moved to Redfern. And from Redfern, we moved to Bronte. And from Bronte, we will move into a gated community because that's the only way you could get more white and middle class. And Bronte is, you go down, when I first moved here, I, I thought, I used to have some real um, issues with the eastern suburb Sydney elite. I thought they're arrogant, they're self-obsessed, um, they think they're better than us. And now that I've spent a little bit of time living in the eastern suburbs around these people, I've come to realise, no, no, we we are better than you. It's not it's not a misconception, it's a reality. We are, we're better looking, we look after ourselves more, we're more thoughtful. It's, it's just a better place. It's, it's a better place for better people. I went to a wedding last year and the, uh, and the father of the groom, bride, one of them, my father, the bride, um, spent most of his speech talking about his membership at the Mossman Golf Course and the fact that the best people come from the northern, uh, the, the North Shore, which uh, is, is, is my future. It's like looking into a crystal ball. I was like, I don't feel right about this, but also I can see how eventually I will feel very right about this. Am I waffling? Is that what a podcast is? So I'm, uh, I'm wandering down to uh, the local cafe and uh, I see a local politician uh, liberal for Kuji. Oh, is there a more delectable sentence in the English language than "Liberal Party for Kuji"? Oh, it's like walking into a big hug if you come from my cultural background and uh, and class. And uh, I saw the big sign and this woman, very approachable-looking blonde woman, handing out flyers. And I look at the sign and I look at her and I look at her and I look at the sign and I realize it's the same person. This is this is the woman. This is, she's handing out her own flyers. And I thought, wow, this does not bode well for you at all. You're handing out your own flyers and you're trying to be a politician. You couldn't even convince someone to do this for you. You couldn't convince somebody to hand out your flyer. How are you going to convince somebody to, you know, believe climate change isn't real? How are you going to forward, how are you going to push the liberal agenda forward at all? I mean, taking advantage of, 
other people to do manual labor. That's kind of what the Liberal Party is all about, and you couldn't even stomach that. So I don't, I don't have high hopes for her. For her, I'm gonna, uh, I'm just gonna vote teal again and uh, not ask too many questions, which is, you know, what seemed to happen the last election, and I guess it seems to be working out. Who's, who's to say? Too, er- too early, too early to know. And then I walked. Uh, I walked past a cash converters with a big sign in the front window that said, now seeking full-time staff. Imagine, imagine being the kind of person who saw that and thought, well, that's awesome. I could really see my, I know this is coming across as very, very entitled and privileged, but boy, that is, when you're like cash converters, I could see myself in a career there. And you go to your interview at Cash Converters and they're like, where do you see yourself in five years? And they're like, look, honestly, I'm hoping I've got three years left max because I don't know if I can do this for too much longer. That's, that's what I imagine a Cash Converters interview must be like. Imagine working at a Cash Converters. Imagine seeing a sign in A4 paper printed and put on a window, full-time role at Cash Converters. Well, well we'll see. We'll see whether if, uh, if Supre doesn't get back to me, um, if, if, if I don't hear about that graveyard shift at Coles, no, more depressing than Coles. What's more depressing? It would be Franklin's if it still existed. You know, if, if I, well, if the, if the trolley collection job at Woolies doesn't come through, I might, I could see myself, uh, trading people's, uh, grandparents' jewelry for a pittance of what they're worth for the rest of my life. Cash converters. That's where I, that's, I'd be absolutely honored to join the cash converters family if i can't get that drive-through roll at red rooster if that's a little bit too high i'll work my way up with a little stint at cash converters um and hey if you are looking for a job at cash converters uh, go down to go down to cash converters bondi junction and uh you know i'm pretty sure all you need to do is uh, nod at them and they'll hand you a branded polo and you can get started <laughs> um I saw a street library. I, I don't know. I'm just making observational comedy at this stage. Is any of this... Hey, if any of this is good, let me know and I'll put it in a stand-up routine where I actually have to say this in front of human beings and face the consequences of their reaction as opposed to just shouting it into the void, hitting the record button to turn it off and going, that was a job well done. Um, I, saw a, I saw a street library, a very eastern suburbs thing, the old street library. It's just a little box filled with books that either nobody wants or everybody owns. Those are the only books. You, you ever look at a street library that is just packed to the brim with books you've never heard of and wished you hadn't in the first place? You look at the titles and it's like the single woman's guide to living a happy, healthy and fulfilling life brought to you by some woman you've never heard of. And you think, did we need any more of these? Was this really your calling Eleanor Smith was or it's 50 shades of gray and the girl with the dragon tattoo it's like yeah I, I either I've missed the boat on both of those by now honestly it's if you haven't read 50 shades of gray the world's moved on I don't think you're missing out on too much so those are some things that I saw earlier today welcome to show some respect Tom Whitcomb is observing this is uh it's it's, it's great to, to be here now moving on Little, 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 just a little, little side note, little side note for you all, um, a, a little return back to something we discussed earlier uh, last week and the week before. Um, I, I alluded to it at the start of the podcast, Dominic Perrette, the uh, leader of the free world, from my perspective, got in a little bit of, got in a little bit of strife recently. 
um, when it, it came out that um, he, he was cosplaying Raiders of the Lost Ark, but only the bad guys. Do, do you pick up what I'm putting down? He was, uh, he was wearing a, a, a bright red armband and he was not captaining any football team. He uh, was caught, not even caught, not even a photo. He just for some reason came out and felt the need to tell people, oh, by the way, I dressed as a Nazi once. Any questions? And uh, as the news works, we have all moved on, and yet here I am still talking about it because I put the call out to you people. I said, hey, you ever dressed up as something you regret? I know you might have. I know some people who have. I have a picture of my friend in front of a swastika at a museum. What will I do with it? Will I Photoshop a mustache onto it? I'm tempted. Well, great news. That same person reached out to me. Uh, no, I, I, I had I actually a couple of you admit that in the late 2000s, when you could still have a bit of a bloody laugh, you know, back before the PC police, back before this woke agenda took over our culture and you could put on a little bit of blackface and uh, <laughs> obviously, please, Notice satire, sarcasm, comedy. I would not ignore, I would not advise blackface in this or any other time. Um, no, I'm not going to go back on that. No, best, best not to. Best not to. I think personally, that's just my take. I'm not here to tell you how to think. But uh, a friend of mine did get in touch, and he said there are there may be some photos floating around from the year 2010. Uh, where a, a friend of his, her name started with an E, she had an 18th birthday party, the theme was E, and he went as, say it with me, an Ethiopian. Of course, you. what else would you go as? What else, what else, nothing else starts with E. I can't believe it's not what everyone wore. <laughs> and so that's out there somewhere, 100%. We know the internet, it exists, it never truly goes away. Somewhere is a picture of my friend um, in full head-to-toe, uh, you, I mean, you don't you paint a picture in your mind. Um, it, it was just paint, apparently, not 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 uh, not fake tan or, or or any kind of blush, just paint. And um, as you can imagine, he's quite anxious about that. It was a different time. It was a different time. It was two thousand and ten, for Christ's sake. We'd we'd only just had a black president. It was early days. <laughs> and, <coughs> oh, sorry, I'm still unwell. And uh, so he's he's come he's come to me hat in hand, and said uh, to me on the day of my daughter's wedding, Godfather, I need your help. I need to somehow elicit a little bit of damage control on what is a very troubling time, and understandably so. And uh, so here, here's my plan. We have one, all right? And I know he's not the only one. I know, I, I told you before, I know what the psychographic of this podcast is. I know what you people find funny. I reckon I can guess what you found funny in the late 2000s. If there is a photo of you dressed as something that maybe you shouldn't have, okay? And I'm going to leave. Who knows what it could have been? Did you dress as Steve Irwin in 2007? Uh, did you uh, maybe dress as, uh, as a member of the Bowling for Columbine Trenchcoat Mafia? There are plenty of things you could have done which seemed very funny at the time and we've obviously then learned is not good enough. Um, reach out, because here's, here's what we're going to do. We're going to build a database of everybody, everybody who's ever dressed as something inappropriate. Prince Harry, Dom Perrottet and you. We're putting them all into a shared Facebook slash Instagram. Maybe we could do, maybe start like an Instagram account and we put them out 
all at once, we diffuse responsibility across all of you, okay? There are going to be so many pictures of people dressed up as mass murderers and making fun of celebrity deaths that no one will take all the blame because there'll be too many people. We'll, we'll, we'll stun them. We'll dazzle them. It'll be like a flashbang. They won't know where to look. And they'll be so outraged, but they'll have nothing to do with it, and we will all move on with our lives. All right? So if, please, please, I mean, this is a no-brainer to me. Send pictures of you in blackface to me from the past. Don't do it now. Don't start dressing up as it. Of course not. But beyond that. But if, if you did and you want to come clean, and I can only commend you for that, let me know. Reach out. Let's do something about it. Show some respect. Tom Whitcomb is in damage control. Um, so uh, that's, that's a little update for you, a little project to work on. I think it'd be a lot of fun, and I don't see it going anywhere. But I think we can agree. Funny idea. Pretty good premise. Am I, would I say it on stage where people have to actually relate to it and react? Almost certainly not. That's the beauty of this podcast. I can, I can act as if no one is here and deal with the consequences later. But um, until then, I think everything is just fine. Hey, short interruption. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. little quick reminder, if you like this podcast, there's something you can do to give back. The show Some Respect, Tom Whitcomb is Talking Podcast. We're always looking for new listeners. So how do, you, how do we achieve that? Well, you could tell your friends you listen to the podcast. You could rate the podcast on iTunes or on Spotify and make sure, if nothing else, you hit subscribe so you know this podcast is coming out whenever it's coming out. So please make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Now, back to the podcast. And we're back. Little uh, peek behind the curtain there. Um, I recorded that in real time. I didn't actually record it and drop it in. That's too much effort. No, I just left a pause and I said the thing and we're back. So I, we, I didn't actually go anywhere. I could have just said it to you like normal, but then you wouldn't have even noticed it. Um, it's called marketing. Look it up. Been trying to sell some stuff on Facebook Marketplace recently. I know I, I mentioned at the start and you guys were like, he better, he better talk about trying to sell his uh, rarely used Casio keyboard on Facebook later or else I am going to be livid. Fear not. Here it is. Here we're talking about it. I don't know if you guys have tried to sell stuff on Facebook Marketplace recently. It is horrific. It's all, I am constantly getting inundated with offers from what are clearly internet scammers. And here's the really clever thing. Okay. If you get an offer for something on a Facebook Marketplace, right, and, uh, and their name is, this is what tends to happen. You get a message from a guy called Mark. And he says, hi, I am interested in this. Is it still available? And you say, yeah, it's still available. Great. I will come pick it up. What is your number and address? No, no chance. He's not even, he hasn't asked any questions. They haven't had to haggle, haven't had to tried to haggle even slightly. The other one they do is like, hey, I like your item. Would you like to trade it for this and give you some dodgy link? Don't click the link. They're going to take your money. Now, if, if, because obviously these people are coming, like they, they barely speak English, like, well, I'm, I'm going to say they're basically, but obviously they're not English first language for the most part, what I found. There's always grammatical errors. There's always something dodgy happening. Um, here's what you can do. If you get a message from someone and their name is like Rakesh or um, maybe Rohit or, or uh, like a, a Chan Lee, they are legit, all right? Because none of these scammers are using Indian or Chinese names. They are using Christian names to try and lull us into a false sense of security. If they are genuinely not hiding the fact they are from the subcontinent, 
I think you're in good hands. All right, I think you are very, very safe. Um, uh, but I did this did get me in trouble because I had one from this guy uh, who was asking about one of my guitars I'm trying to sell, and uh, he was like, uh, "Hi, are you still selling this?" And I said, "Yes." And he said, "Great. Uh, when can I tr- when can I pick up?" And I was like, "Nice try, mate. Not 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 happening." Not, you're not getting my address. You're not getting my phone number. All right, back to the call center, buddy. I am not falling for this. And uh, then he's, I, I ignore him. He says, he goes, I have offended you. What did I do? And I said, yeah, nah, not going for this one. Nice try, mate. And uh, then he'd message me again, hello, is this available? And I, at that point, I decided to actually do some due diligence and click on his profile. Um, quite obviously, just an Eastern European man who likes guitar. A lot of pictures of him and his family. Uh, a lot of pictures of him with a guitar. Uh, either this is a very advanced scam or this is just Francesco. And um, boy, do I feel bad. Boy, do I feel... This is the only time I have uh, felt like I've been prejudiced against what is otherwise uh, seemingly just a straight white older man. So it's, uh, it's interesting to have the glove on the other hand for once. Uh, so uh, all of this is to say... Um, if you would like to buy a 2008 Epiphone Casino, get in touch. Uh, it's the John Lennon-inspired model. Um, my my, uh, my third favourite Beatle. No, second favourite. Second favourite Beatle, John Lennon. Uh, get around it. Let me know because uh, Facebook Marketplace... And if it turns out that most of my audience is Chinese bots, this would be a good way to find out as well. Um, I was going to talk about... I was going to talk about like these thrill-seeker guys, but I just don't... We, we can come back to that. That's an evergreen topic. I just I saw this thing on Instagram recently. It's called the Buddha's Hand. Give it a Google if you haven't seen it. Before. It's called the Buddha's Hand, and it basically it's in a mountain range in China, and it's like a, li- a, a, a staircase that maybe like is like fifteen to twenty stairs long, and at the top of it is just an open hand with the palm facing up that you can go and stand in. And they showed videos of people going up to it, and they're like crawling up the staircase to get to the top, which is one hundred percent what I would do. They're like crawling up. And like staying on their hands and knees the whole time, which is exactly what I, I am so afraid of heights. Scares me so much. And it's just, it's the dumbest thing. Because when have you ever been walking up a set of stairs and found yourself suddenly flung into the side rail? All you had to do was walk up a straight line up a set of stairs and then all of a sudden you find yourself clinging to the walls. Never happens. And yet for some reason when there's a 20 metre drop below you, there is a... You, you just don't trust yourself whatsoever. I saw someone like dangling their legs over the end and I was like, you, you can't be doing that. When's the last time you fell off a chair forward? When does that ever happen? Just, you get, this is human beings, right? Just no trust in oneself uh, at all. Um, but at the same time, I do look at this thing. like It is clearly, it is like hanging over a mountain edge and there is no guardrails near the side. And this is just like classic China, right? This is what you can have in your country when there are a billion of you and your government doesn't really care if any of you live or die. They're like, is it safe? I don't know. You tell us. Could, could someone really hurt themselves? I mean, probably. Um, but uh, keep us posted. Or don't, actually. You know, Just uh, let us know if you need us to go pick up some bodies. Uh, we've got a, a great disposal system. It's one of uh, the world's finest. Um, it's, uh, it, it, it's, uh, it's, it's quite tightly linked to the cotton industry. I shouldn't say any more. But if you just just go for the time of your life, that's China for you. That's real freedom. But uh, look, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll skip to the thing. I think this is the most interesting thing I have to say, and I don't really have anything to say about it. It's just, I'm just relaying, I'm recounting. I am a journalist, after all, in the way that it's uh, 
2023 and most journalism is just reporting what people tweeted. Um, and uh, I can do that. In fact, I'm about to. Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle has made it to Australia. He is here doing his Australian tour. Excuse me. He is uh, all over the place. He's, he's doing Sydney. He's doing these enormous shows. He is charging huge amounts for tickets. If you don't know anything about Dave Chappelle and kind of the, uh, the, the reputation he has, I mean, obviously, the stuff I said before, got a lot of trouble for his last special, having a lot of like anti-trans rhetoric that people were very frustrated with. The other thing he is famous for in kind of, I guess, tighter comedy circles is just going on stage and just fucking talking. Just going. Apparently, when he was kind of making his comeback, um, if, again, for those of you not uh, who, who are less familiar, Dave Chappelle had a show on Comedy Central called The Chappelle Show. It was wildly, wildly popular. Uh, very, very successful. They offered him millions of dollars to do a third season, but they put a lot of uh, kind of... T's and C's in his contract. He was not happy, so he, he refused the contract and he went to Africa and he went off the grid for a little while. And the whole kind of narrative around it was Dave Chappelle's crazy. Dave Chappelle's gone mad. Um, someone needs to get this guy back in his own head. He's throwing away money. Dave Chappelle then disappears, all right? He's off the grid for a long period of time. When he starts to reemerge, he starts to do sets at the comedy store in LA and around the and just around the country. And even like his first big tour, people were very unimpressed because he basically just went up and he just rambled. And there were stories of him going to the comedy store at like midnight, going on stage and just being up there for like four hours. Just four hours of, can you imagine? Yeah, to an empty, just talking. Just talking out into the void as if no one is, could you imagine who in their right mind would do that? He says, self-awarely, without knowing the correct, self-awarely, anyway. So Dave Chappelle has this reputation for like just getting, especially getting quite high and just going on stage and just kind of chatting. And if you're a Dave Chappelle fan, I'm sure it's amazing. Like the guy is a phenomenal public speaker, if nothing else. He is so engaging. There's a lot of, uh, I think a lot of people have kind of criticized Dave Chappelle for a lot of his stuff can not be that funny. And I think this is, um, I'm about to go real comedy nerd on a lot of you, but there's a lot of like, Dave Chappelle did this thing when George Floyd died. It was called 814 or something. It was, the, it was named after the amount of time that the cops uh, had his knee across George Floyd's neck. And it was not funny, but it was very engaging and it was very, very um, powerful. And, uh, and sure enough, I think most, comedy, most of the comedy community was like, this is phenomenal. And then someone called it Black Manette, a reference to Hannah Gadsby's special, Nanette, which a lot of people made fun of for not being real comedy because it didn't make people laugh. And for some reason, it's okay when Dave Chappelle does it, but not when Hannah Gatsby does it. Anyway, I'm not going into... I don't really give a shit. That's just... All this, all this is context. Point is, Dave Chappelle, known for going on stage, talking for long periods of time, um, and uh, not really going anywhere with it. It's Tuesday night at the Enmore Comedy Club. The Enmore Comedy Club is at a little room right next to the Enmore Theatre. It seats about 120 people, give or take, I think. Um, I've performed there a couple times. It's, uh, it's a cool little room. It's a tough room. Um, it's just, it, it's like two layers, if you can imagine. It's got like a big balcony up the top and at the bottom just like, it's, it's quite like a high ceiling room. It's, it's a very cool little space. Um, they do comedy there every Tuesday night, I believe. So if, you, if you're looking for comedy and you're living in the inner west, it's worth checking out. It's usually quite good comics there. <coughs> the Enmore Theatre announced they have a secret, a super secret special guest. To be fair, comedy rooms say this 
all the time. I remember when I was just a comedy fan being tricked into this. It's like super secret international headliner and out comes some Canadian guy you've never heard of. Um, so I think a lot of people went, it was $10 tickets and you got a free drink on entry. That's how cheap it was to go to this. To see, as it turned out, Dave Chappelle, the most famous, and according to a lot of people, one of the greatest comedians of all time. In addition, Jeff Ross, who you may or may not know, he usually hosts or is a, a mainstay of the Comedy Central roasts, like the roast of James Franco, the roast of Alec Baldwin, um, uh, any of those, the roast of Donald Trump. He's in all of those. He kind of produced a lot of that stuff. Um, he's just a generally quite famous American comedian. In addition, Post Malone and the Red Hot Chili Peppers are in the audience. It is a holy fucked night uh, that I had no idea was taking place and then found out the next day with so much env envy and so much jealousy that I didn't get to say, see this take part. So all of this is like a spectacle. Like, there is a big thing happening. I had friends go rock up to try and see it. They got turned away at the door because they're like, nah, this, it's too much going on. You can't be here. Um, Dave Chappelle comes out, they kind of talk, you know, you got your secret headliner, uh, you know, Dave Hughes is there. A lot of people think that's the headliner. It is not. Um, Dave Chappelle comes out and apparently is high and drunk off his face. This is all alleged. I've just, what I've heard from people. Um, I also don't think Dave Chappelle would see that as being particularly slanderous. Um, Dave Chappelle proceeds to do 90 minutes, 90 minutes of stand-up comedy to a group of people in the heart of Newtown, in the heart of Sydney's proudly weird suburb, in the heart of the LGBT community where every pub has a rainbow. This is where Dave Chappelle um, from... And look, I don't actually think Dave Chappelle is transphobic or homophobic or any of that stuff, but that is certainly the brand in the eyes of anyone who has ever questioned their pronouns. That is what they think Dave Chappelle is, I think. Especially in Australia, where we just don't get comedy, um, for the most part. Now, this is where most of my knowledge is coming from. A queer man on Instagram has posted a series of stories on his Instagram about what it was like. And this is what he's taught. He's like, we, we got to this place, we were joking about what if, who, who will the secret headliner be? What if it's Dave Chappelle? Haha, <laughs> we'd have to leave, obviously, because it's problematic and whatever the fuck. And, um... And he's like, and Dave Chappelle comes out and I'm like, I want to leave. But also I'm like, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. You fucking hypocrite. You know what I mean? This is so typical of under 30s, social, socially minded, progressive people. Probably the same person. But it's like having my cake and eat it too. Dave Chappelle's problematic. No one should hear what he has to say. But also he was there and I wanted to tell people about it. And also if you could share and subscribe to my Instagram page, that would be great too. Um, this is it. Oh man, that, that did make me laugh. Anyway, Dave Chappelle apparently goes on to do 90 minutes of comedy. I can't imagine 90 minutes of someone talking that you, one, didn't know was going to be there on a two, a Tuesday night, and three, you, for a lot of those people, I imagine, just, just at your heart, disagree with this person socially and politically. That is a big ask. In full empathy for the people in that crowd, I mean, for, if you were there and you were a comedy fan and you love Dave Chappelle, what a phenomenal experience. If you're there and you're a fan of RuPaul's Drag Race, tough night. Really tough night for you. So um, this is the other thing that I loved. I, lo I loved about this person posting on, on Instagram about it, where they're going on about like, uh, um, and look, you know, and, and, and 
the whole night. I'm like, where are the jokes? He's not telling, he's just talking. And obviously everyone else is laughing, but me and my friend, everyone except my friend and I is laughing. And it's just like, it's not even funny. And it's like, yeah, no, you're right. Everyone else is wrong. It, it, no, it's probably everybody. If you know, if 98 people are doing one thing and two aren't, you're probably the right ones. That's true. Um, you, that we should all emulate what this guy does every single day. It's just, anyway, I don't, I, where am I going with this? Apparently, apparently Dave Chappelle does 90 minutes. He spends a lot of that time using the F word. And when I say the F word, I mean the 2023 F word, not the 2000s and 1990s F word. You know, when, you know, back when the F word was just, we all knew what the F word was. Remember when you were a kid and the F word was like the worst, it was the worst word you could say. The F word was the worst. And then, and then you learned about, apologies, mum, cunt. You learned about that word and you're like, wait, what? What do you, what do you mean? What do you, it's just, it's like when you're playing a video game and you beat who you think is the boss, but actually he was just a pawn for the bigger boss. That's what cunt is to the F word. You know, it was just, I didn't even know it was there. My whole life, I've been taught to believe the F word was the worst word. Little did I know, it is the, it is nothing. It is not, you could say that to your boss and still keep your job. You can't, you can't do the other one. And now the F word is not fuck. You can say fuck as much as you want. If you, if you're a parent and you get a call from your child's principal saying that they've just called their drama teacher the F word, you pray that your son called that fairy a fuckwit. You hope that would be ideal. Because if he says the other one, that's, oh, that's a whole thing. Your, your son isn't in trouble. Your son committed a hate crime. So uh, that, that's the F word that Dave Chappelle was using, including as this person on Instagram, who is clearly a gay man, uh, got up to leave. He is then proceeded on the way out to call him uh, the F word. And this guy said, I paid $10 to have Dave Chappelle call me the F word. He used it because he can. I can't. And, you know, even I, there are some lines I will not cross. Um, you know, uh, but, uh, th- so that's, uh, and, and I was like $10 to have Dave Chappelle call you the F word. Do you have any idea what I would pay to have Dave Chappelle call me the F word? There is no, it's a, there's no ceiling on that. That, uh, that's that, that you name your price, Dave Chappelle, I will pay it uh, and I will be your little F word. <laughs> um, so, Hey, Dave Chappelle is still in Australia. He Friday night. I'm kind of hoping there's a chance he might be dropping into the comedy store. So, I might go check it out. If he happens to be there, you will be the first to know about him. But uh, I think that's everything for today. These, these episodes are getting longer. I'm having, I, don't, I hope this is coming across, I'm having a fun time doing these, guys. Like it, Last year, I, I kind of struggled, but uh, I, I've been really trying to enjoy it. Um, so, hey, I think that's us for another episode of Show Some Respect. Tom Whitcomb is talking. It, it's, it's been fun. Uh, but I'm going to leave you there. So... Wishing you and your families a fantastic week. From me and mine to you and yours. This has been Show Some Respect. Tom Wickham is talking, and I'll see you next week. See ya.